Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, the only show that takes a look at the obstacles and opportunities open to small to mid-sized enterprises to manufacture here in America. Brought to you by All Metals and Forge Group with your hosts, Tim Grady and Lou Weiss. Hey, guys. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back to Manufacturing Talk Radio. Uh, we have a, a rather brilliant guest on today. We're going to be excited to get to him in a little bit. We're going to be talking a lot about online marketing and SEO, which is search engine optimization. But before we get there, Lou, what's the latest and greatest in the news? Good morning, Tim. I have a couple a couple of news, news tips uh, that came out uh, just recently, and I thought it would be good for some of our manufacturers to hear about. Good word for aerospace is that uh, Textron Corporation has bought uh, Beechcraft and combined it with Cessna for a cool $1.4 billion. Didn't help the price stock at all. It's only $0.36 cent increase, but uh, somebody must be getting a big bonus for this transaction at the end of the year. Uh, next is uh, the factory output has risen uh, February, and it looks like it's on the rise again for March. It's the largest uh, factory output in uh, the last six months. So looks like we're on the uh, beginning of a, of a good uh, turn of business. Uh, the capacity uh, is now 76.4. It's up a half a percent over January and is 2.3% below our long-term running average. So not so terrible. We have uh, a postscript from uh, last uh, two weeks ago show with Brad Holcomb from uh, the Institute of Supply Management. Uh, the March figure was uh, up. Uh, however, uh, due to weather conditions, uh, it probably wasn't as up as it could have been. And uh, but it is uh, showing good signs, and April is coming, so hopefully the snowstorms have now receded. Uh, Tim, it's back to you. Oh, great! Uh, we're uh, going to be chatting with Mr. Craig Rovere today. He is president of Rovere Media. Craig has been designing and building websites for the last fifteen years, and his company. Uh, Rovere Media specializes in providing online marketing solutions. Here's the key part, folks, that get results. So your Rovere Media's tagline is your brand, our vision. Craig, uh, give us some information that you've got today on uh, the world of SEO and the basics of the web. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Lou. Good to be here. Okay, we're going to assume that you, you've got a website that wasn't built by your nephew or uh, the kid down the street and that it's uh, it's been assembled in a professional way. Uh, but we'll talk about some of the mistakes that can easily be made by people who have been doing this for a little while um, but uh, haven't really kept up with uh, some of the changes. Um, you know, some of the more important things are make sure that, you know, your email address is uh, not an AOL or a Gmail uh, address when you're using it for personal stuff, that's fine. But for professional stuff, you want to stick to having your, uh, your URL in your email. That's important. Um, you know, from there, we'll just sort of, uh, I'll field questions from you guys and, uh, you know, we'll go from there. Well, Craig, it, uh, I know what, 
I know what SEO is, and we've been on the Internet since uh, 1994. But for some of the uh, folks that you're uh, talking about, uh, why don't you give us uh, a, a brief rundown about what SEO is? Sure thing, Lou. Uh, SEO is the practice of improving or optimizing a website in order to increase the number of visitors the, the site receives from search engines. Uh, there's a lot of aspects to SEO from uh, from the words on your page to the way the site's linked to the web. Uh, sometimes uh, SEO is simply a matter of making sure that your site is built uh, in a way that search engines understand. Uh, in other words, uh, you know, the address of a certain page, like your contact page, should always be contact steelforge.com slash contact. You should always have the subject matter up there in that URL, um, which is, you know, just a best, best practice. Um, search engines are basically answering, answer machines. Uh, when a person looks for something online, it requires the search engine to scour. Uh, there are billions and billions of documents that they've indexed. That's what these things do. They go out onto the internet and when a site pops up or a site changes, uh, they, they have things called crawlers that go and, and look at the entire site and catalog those sites, okay? So when you do a search, they're looking through those files that they've collected, billions and billions of them in these huge server farms that uh, Google and Yahoo and the others have, uh, and then they want to return only the results that are relevant to the search query that you put in, the words that you use, and then they want to rank those results in order of relevancy. You know, they want to look at all the information there in those documents and say, okay, this is the most important one. They put that one up top. And that's, you know, that's the, the magic spot that everybody wants. Now, to a search engine, relevance means uh, more than simply finding a page with all the right words on it. Uh, back in the early days of the web, as you guys will remember, uh, you know, all you did was stuff your website with keywords. There was a space in the coding area there. Uh, the header uh, where it, it said keywords, and you would just jam that full of keywords, hundreds and hundreds of keywords that you felt were relevant, uh, whether directly or indirectly, to your product or your service. Um, things have evolved over the years, and uh, the very, very smart people at places like Google got hip to that, and they said, you know, this this doesn't work because now everybody's doing it. So um, through evolutions, the smart engineers at the, the search engines developed ways to find valuable results uh, that the user will find valuable. Uh, today, hundreds of hundreds of factors influence the relevancy. Some good, some bad. Some of that stuff is called black hat, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. What is white words? Uh, white words? Uh, in, in which context? In the context when you were talking about uh, stuffing the page full of keywords. Uh, I remember in the day that uh, you would use white type words and just stuff the page full of all of your keywords. Can you go into some explanation of that old old style black hat stuff? Yeah, we, uh, using white type on a white background was a way of hiding copy on your page. Whereas, say you were you were selling uh, you know forged gear blanks and you had a bunch of copy on your page about forged gear blanks, but then you wanted to jam a bunch of other keywords that were maybe on the periphery of what you guys sell to sort of drag users in. And you would users would guys who built websites would have the bottom section of the page in really tiny type. They would put hundreds of keywords, but it would be in white type on a white background. So the user couldn't see it, but the crawlers would crawl it and say, oh my God, this page is packed with all these keywords and valuable information. And um, that it took about 
two years before the really smart people at the search engines figured out that this was not a good way because the results that they were getting back were not what the people were looking for. They were what the bait drew. So that's what white words were. So we shouldn't be doing that any longer. <laughs> no, uh, I, don't, I, I haven't seen anybody use uh, white type or white words uh, in a number of years. That's one of the uh, one of the things that uh, about ten years ago Google sort of said. Now we're on to this, and and they took a look at they started taking a look at things like that, like the color of the text on your page. It wasn't just about the text; it was about the color of the text. Red text does one thing, and yellow another thing, and you know that's one of the uh, many hundreds of parameters that they look at. Well, Craig, uh, I. I have a website, and you know I can write a pretty cogent paragraph. So, why does my website need SEO? Okay, so uh, a majority of website traffic is driven, like I said, by uh, the major commercial search engines, which are Bing, uh, Google, and Yahoo. Those are uh, really the three big players in the market. Now, although social media and advertiser traffic can generate visits to your website, search engines are the primary method of navigation. It's how we all find websites. Uh, it's true whether your site provides content, services, products, information, or pretty much anything else. Uh, search engines are unique in that they provide targeted traffic. You know, it's not sort of a uh, phone book where you can just open it up anywhere and and see uh, a number of companies. Uh, the, the queries, the words that users type into the search box, they have an extraordinary value to them. Uh, some of them are actually dollar values. Uh, we'll talk a little bit later about uh, pay-per-click advertising and the value of a particular word as it relates to uh, your business or service. Uh, it all begins with those words typed into the search box. The keyword research is one of the most important, valuable, and high-return activities uh, into the search marketing field. Ranking the right words can make or break your website. Now, uh, through detective work of puzzling out your market's keyword demand, uh, you not only learn which terms or phrases to target with SEO, but you also learn more about your customers in a whole. Uh, there's a lot of tools that you can use uh, through Google and through Bing to see what people are searching for, what you, words they're using, and then get out in front of that on your own site. Uh, the usefulness of this intelligence uh, can't be overstated. The keyword research, uh, with keyword research, you can predict shifts in demands, respond to changing market conditions, and produce the products or services uh, and content that the web searchers are already looking for. So it, it's a way of getting out in front of what they're looking for before they even, uh, before it becomes a, a, a big demand. Uh, you can see what search terms are trending and get in front of those terms sort of as they happen. So, Craig, uh, I am a manufacturer and uh, I've been on the, again, I've been on the site on the internet since 1994. Um, but for companies who are first really entering into the market now or recently, do they have to learn this whole new industry and learn how to do it? Do they throw their nephew out into the street or do they uh, – do, who does this work for them? Well, uh, that's a good question. I mean, the idea is you want to hire someone who really knows what they're doing. The days of being able to find someone who is in college or a friend or nephew or someone to set up a website for your company, and as long as they more or less know what they're doing, you'd be okay. Uh, they, those days are, are really over. Um, and the layperson shouldn't, uh, shouldn't burden themselves with having to know everything about SEO uh, or how to build a website. Uh, what we're trying to do here today is give people some insight into how it works so that when they contact a reputable marketing agency, they can have an intelligent conversation with them about the things that they're going to do, uh, 
uh, and, and how that's going to affect their website. Now, after the broadcast is done tomorrow, I'm going to have a series of links under the uh, archived shows, recent shows at uh, Manufacturing Talk Radio, talkradio.com. Uh, I'm going to have links to some useful documents from Google that sort of give you best practices, uh, some of the terms uh, that I'm using, some definitions, stuff like that. So check back there tomorrow afternoon for that. Okay. Uh, Craig, that's really helpful. But, you know, Google's got some real smart folks uh, out there in California, uh, you know, the propeller heads. Why can't they figure out, you know, my site for me without SEO? The search engines are smart and the people are smart, but they, they still need a little bit of help. Uh, the major search engines are always working towards improving their technology to crawl the web more deeply and return better results. However, you know, there's a limit to how the search engines can operate. They're still just machines. You only do what we tell them to do. Uh, the right SEO can net you thousands of visitors and attention, but the wrong moves can hide or bury your site in the web. So, you know, it, it's a double-edged sword. you got to be real careful. Now, in addition to making content available to search engines, SEO also helps boost rankings so the content will be placed where searchers will see it readily. Okay, the Internet is becoming increasingly competitive, and those companies who perform SEO – uh, will have a decided advantage over the folks who are just saying, well, I got a website and, uh, you know, it, it talks about the things that we manufacture uh, and the industries that we serve. So, you know, why isn't that enough? Okay, so here we are. We're a manufacturer. We just took all of your advice and we went and got ourselves a non-black hat uh, SEO firm. And... Um, now we have our, our site up and we have traffic coming to our site. And uh, now what do we do? Who Who's going to be monitoring all of this? And do I have to have a special person who's dedicated to handle the emails and handle the inquiries and handle literature requests and so on and so forth? Well, uh, that's a good question. Uh, you you want to rely on uh, your marketing firm to constantly update these things. Unfortunately, the days of being able to just fire and forget with a website are over. Uh, you really need someone to stay on top of things. There are, uh, in a little bit, we're going to talk about some of the algorithms that uh, that Google uses. I'm going to focus a lot on um, on Google because Google has is 80% of the search market. The next closest is Yahoo with only 9.5%. Bing, 8.5%, and then 2% makes up the rest. So this is Google's world that we live in. You, you want to find a, a company that is reputable, that has a good reputation, has been around for a while, and has references. Because uh, I, we're going to go to a commercial in a minute, but when we come back, I want to talk about what happens when you let just anybody or one of those firms that calls you up and says, I can get your listing number one on Google by tomorrow. We're going to talk at length about them and the damage that they do, uh, particularly to big companies that you've heard of, like BMW and JCPenney. Uh, they have some real horror stories there. Uh, so, it, again, it's important to find a reputable firm with references, talk to them, look at their track record. Um, most important. Great. Uh, I think before we uh, leave too little time before the commercial break to get into some of these stories, uh, I'd like to slip out to a commercial break here for about a minute and a half, and then we'll come back to Craig Revere of Revere Media and the world of SEO and the search engines. 
the Premier Rewards Gold Card from American Express, the rewards points can keep on multiplying. Buy three with triple points on airfare. Buy two with double points on gas and groceries. And a single point for pretty much every other dollar you spend on the card. Then, start choosing from over a million rewards to redeem all those points. Apply today and the annual fee for the first year is on us. Call 1-800-AXP-GOLD or visit AXPGOLD.com. The annual fee for the card is $175. See terms, conditions, and restrictions at AXPGOLD.com. And let's give a shout-out to our sponsor for today's show. It's All Metals and Forge Group, your best source for open-die forgings and seamless rolled rings in alloy, carbon, stainless, and tool steels, nickel, aluminum, titanium, and copper. Need I go on? They can do it all. Just go to steelforge.com or send us your request for quote. That's steelforge.com. All right, back to the murky world of black hat science and SEO with our guest, uh, Craig Rovere and Lou and Tim. So, um, Craig, uh, you tintillated me before the commercial with one of these stories about what happens when you step on the wrong SEO square. Can you share one of those stories with our listeners? Sure. Just to give you a little uh, background, black hat as it's referred to, Black Hat SEO is the practice of gaming the system or cheating, doing something to trick the search engines into thinking you are the authority uh, on a particular subject matter or that you are a company that uh, provides a product or service that you really don't. It's periphery things. Like if you – well, I'll go into some of the horror stories, and then I'll tell you how to avoid these things and what to look for with SEO firms, some red flags that they may be doing some things that you maybe don't want them to do. Uh, one of the first things Google tells you in their webmaster tools, best practices, is if you get a call from a company that says they can get you uh, first place, first page on Google for your search terms, hang up the phone, walk away. These guys are engaging, in, but there's no way to organically get you immediately to the first page on any particular subject. That may have been the case 20 years ago when there was 15 websites, but there's so many nowadays that you really, it's it's just not organically possible to do that. So walk away from that sort of thing. I get calls myself at my company, and that's what we do for a living. I get calls telling people telling me, oh, yeah, we can get you number one spot on Google. I immediately hang up. Sometimes I talk to them for about 20 minutes and waste their time, but uh, that's for my own amusement. Okay, so uh, two household brands that we all know of, BMW and JCPenney, they both hired uh, SEO firms, and this is not that long ago. Uh, the case with, uh, with JCPenney was only 2011. Uh, these firms used nefarious black hat tactics to up the rankings for given keywords for these companies. Uh, now, the way it worked out in 2006, Google announced that it had caught BMW using a black hat strategy uh, for their German website. And uh, BMW received what the BBC at the time called the death penalty. It was basically removed from search results. Uh, if you were in Germany and you were searching for, you know, luxury cars or sports cars, you would see everyone but BMW. And this was naturally pretty bad for business because, you know, you can't find a company like that online. You naturally assume they're dead. Uh, BMW acknowledged that it had set up something called doorway pages, which we'll try and get to in a little bit, um, which are basically pages crammed with uh, keywords that they think are relevant to attract the search engines to go there. And then all the links went back to the BMW.de, uh, their German website. 
that kind of stuff is frowned upon. Uh, the company at the time said, oh, you know, we didn't have any intention of deceiving our users, uh, adding, if Google says all doorway pages are illegal, we have to take this into consideration. It was a slap on the wrist. It was pretty bad. BMW suffered. Uh, fortunately, it was localized to their German site, so, you know, they carried on. But they learned a valuable lesson. Now, in the next case, in 2011, the New York Times, someone of the New York Times actually noticed that uh, when they searched for any sort of home goods, no matter what it was, uh, whether it's beds, pots and pans, vacuum cleaners, anything, JCPenney owned the number one spot. Now, they did some research and uh, looked into it because it occurred to them that, hey, this, there's no way that they could own the number one spot on every single term. It's just not natural. Uh, so they did some research and they presented their evidence to uh, a guy by the name of Matt Cutts. He's a senior engineer. He's the head of web spam over at Google. Uh, if this guy ever calls you, your life is over. Um, you don't want his attention. On Wednesday evening uh, of that month, Google began what it calls a manual action against JCPenney, essentially manually demoting when people search for their stuff. So like 7 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday, they still had the number one spot for Samsonite carry-on luggage. Two hours later, it was at 71, okay? Uh, by the next day, they were virtually gone. They were buried so deep in the results that no one would ever see them. Uh, so that's what happens when you use Black Hat SEO. Google will find out about it, and Google will punish you. The, the World Wide Web is Google's playground, and if you don't play by their rules, they will punish you. Now, we haven't heard yet about three words, animals that have been tossed around, uh, one bird and two mammals, panda, penguin, and hummingbird. What are those? Okay, these are algorithms that Google uses. Google gives them uh, these funny little animal names. Uh, and I don't know why Google seems to focus on these strange-sounding words uh, for, for their products and services. Uh, Google originally, uh, when, when they were developing uh, the program, it was originally called Backrub. I don't know what sense that makes. Google, I can understand there's mathematical connotations there. It's a huge number, yada, yada, yada. But Backrub, I, I don't think they would have been as successful if they had launched with that one. These are algorithms. These are mathematical formulas for the way the search engines look at data. Uh, the most recent one, Hummingbird, that you're talking about, um, Google rolled out uh, in September of 2013. They actually launched it in August, but they didn't tell anybody. Uh, it, it's an algorithm that looks at the data in a different way. It tries to look at the data in a more human way to give you more better results. These algorithms are an effort to counter things like black hat SEO because while the good guys are evolving all the time, the bad guys are evolving all the time. So Google keeps having to change the rules. Uh, they keep having to switch up their tactics and, and the way they search for things to compensate for these things. I have a question. We've been talking now about uh, SEO. We've been talking about um, uh, organic. Uh, there's one group of words we haven't talked about yet, and that's PPC, pay-per-click. Can you give us some insight into that? And to, just as a, as a side comment, to me it looks like it's a, uh, a pay-around a pay to get around the Google methodology where you can buy your way in. Any comments on that? Well, a lot of people look at PPC and uh, they think, okay, well, this I'm just buying results. Uh, Pay-per-click is, uh, is a way uh, of paying to make sure that people see um, 
the results that you for the a given word. You can take a word like um, like gear blanks uh, or seamless rolled rings, and you can say, okay, I, w- I want to pay money to have more clicks. Now, uh, it, it's one of those things that's sort of a mystery, but y- your results will not go into the general results. When you look at the Google search page and you see the search results, you're going to see ads up top and ads to the right. Those are PPC results. Okay, Google says that it will never let the uh, organic search, which is the stuff in the middle there, be affected by pay-per-click. Uh, this this model allows you to jump your stuff up to the first page by paying. It's why Google is worth as much money as they are. Now, it works on, as it says, a pay-per-click scheme. You say, okay, I'm willing to pay uh, $0.02 cents per click up to $50.00. For the term seem for the for say gear blanks, okay. And then when someone goes out there and searches, now other people are going to also uh, be bidding for that same word, and that's how you get into a situation where it can be more expensive uh, for a given keyword. But your ad your results will only show up to the left and on top in those ads. They will never show up in the organic results. So while you get good results and good traffic from PPC. Uh, it's an ongoing thing. It costs you money. And, uh, you know, it's not guaranteed that you're going to be on the first page. Lou, I know you're keeping track of our email listeners. Have we got anything showing up? Uh, an email question that's uh, popped in from somebody out in uh, the radio world? Yeah, I'm just scanning it right now, and it looks as though I've got a couple of uh couple of spams but um the question here's here's one from bob from minnesota how do i know how my website seo is performing there's a number of services that you can use out there and these are some links that i'm going to have on uh, manufacturing talk radio tomorrow that you can come back and look at uh the first one is a company called woo rank w-o-o-w-r-w-o-o-r-n-k dot com WooRank offers a bunch of free services to evaluate your website. Naturally, this is a lead-in to buying some of their other services, but this is a good free way to have somebody who knows what they're doing take a look at your website. So go to mfgtalkradio.com tomorrow and click on that link. Go there. It gives you a very detailed report in about five seconds about how your site is doing and things you can do to correct it. Um, Again, it's free, so... Good idea. What's it called again? It's called WooRank, W-O-O-R-A-N-K.com. Now, if you want to go a little bit deeper, you can ask the folks who manage your website to install, if they haven't already, and I really hope they have, a free product from Google called Google Analytics. Uh, Google Analytics will give you detailed information on the traffic on your website, who's coming there, how long they're staying there, uh, what pages they visit, and... uh, scores and scores of information on what's going on and how people are using your site. Very important. Again, I'll put a link to that uh, on manufacturingtalkradio.com tomorrow. I'd like to ask you, Craig, on uh, original content is is now part of the, uh, I think, the latest algorithm of uh, Google. Uh, Do you want to give us some insight into that? Well, it's important to have original content. Uh, one of the major bad things that you can do is take content that's already published on the web and publish it on your site. Google will pick up on this in about two seconds, 
and you'll be penalized for it. You want to have original content that uses language that uh, that features the words that focus on the product or service that you provide. Uh, for a company like SteelForge.com, Open Dive Forging, Seamless Roll Rings. This site, uh, your site, Lou, is uh, is a fantastic example and has been rewarded by Google. You've seen tremendous jumps in traffic uh, since launching a new site back in January, I believe. Uh, you had a site that was on the Internet since 1994. Is that correct? correct. That's a long time. Uh, and you had a lot of equity built up there with Google. Uh, you appeared to them to be the authority. They look at all of the things on your site and then the fact that you've been on the Internet for so long, and they say these guys must be the authority. So you were getting tremendous traffic. Now, your site had become dated. You were using some older technology, and the decision was made to build a new site. Uh, you you were aware of the Google bounce, the dreaded Google bounce that people get when they launch a new site. Uh, about how their traffic takes a huge dip because basically it's a new site and Google looks at it that way. And when you launched your new site in January, you made sure, you made double sure because you're a thorough guy, that SteelForge.com had its ducks in a row. And your traffic didn't dip. It immediately started trending back up. And you've seen, I've seen some of your Google Analytics reports and you have seen an increase in traffic every week. This is because you took all of Google's best practices, you sat down and you used it as a Bible. It's Google's world. You really, they say, don't try and make us happy. That's one of their uh, one of their things that they tell web developers. I tell you different. Try to make them happy, okay? Your, your business will uh, thank you for it. Doing exactly what you're supposed to do with regards to this sort of stuff uh, will get results. So let's say we do something that makes Google not happy. How long are we punished for well, it all depends. Uh, it, again, they manually go in. and they, It's not just they flip a switch and then they turn you off. They manually go in like they did with JCPenney. And they have teams of very, very smart, high-paid, intelligent people sit down there and mitigate the results manually. So you'll be punished. Now, the best way to undo bad things that you've done uh, is to, first of all, get rid of them, get them off your site. Redo the site and then resubmit the site to Google. Resubmit your site map. Resubmit, uh, you know, your location to Google Maps and basically start over. You need to do uh, do the right thing from there on. And they will take notice of that and then the wounds will start to heal. Uh, it took a while for JCPenney to come back and JCPenney really as a brand has not recovered fully from this. It, it almost put them out of business. So not everybody is uh, JCPenney. And uh, we're talking about the small to medium-sized manufacturing companies. What are we talking about in terms of expense of developing a website, a reasonably sized website uh, that can you know generate traffic and uh, business for uh, my company? What do I have to budget for? Well, it, it entirely depends on uh, not only the size of the site, the number of pages, the content, uh, but you have to look at building the site is one cost and then your seo your online marketing is another separate line item uh it used to be just building the site was your seo and then that's all lumped into one nowadays seo is so complex that you don't almost don't want your design firm to handle your seo you want them to have good knowledge of seo and page construction and how to build the site properly but managing 
the SEO. Your SEO is like a garden. You got to tend to it every single day. You can't just build a really good site, put in lots of good keywords and, and put a lot of time and money into that and then walk away from it. So really, I, I can't put a concrete number on, uh, on what it would cost, but for a smaller firm, okay, you're also going to want to hire a smaller design and SEO combination there. Um, you know, for a medium-sized company, you know, you, you're, your budget's going to be a little bit bigger. But, again, you're you're paying for results. Uh, you know, there are companies out there like Wix, which they say, oh, you can, you know, build your own website in, uh, you know, in five minutes and show these wonderful commercials where these people drag and drop pictures, type and type, and then hit a button and a magical website happens. Well, unfortunately, the downside, and I don't want to bag on them because they may be good for somebody who's open in a pet store. Uh, or a hair salon or something like that, uh, and they don't have the resources to hire someone uh, to do this sort of thing properly. And, and there's there's some merit to those things. But for a small to medium-sized manufacturing firm, that is absolutely not the way to go. Um, there are elements of those sites, the way they're built, the way those sort of what you see is what you get. Website builders where it's all drag and drop. Google can see how those are built. They can see the construction materials the same way you can look at a building and say, oh, that's cement, that's wood. Uh, Google can look at it and say, okay, you know, it's, it's a website and it's, it's built professionally and, and yada, yada, yada. But, you know, this is a Wix site. These people are not, uh, you know, a, a big manufacturer of uh, oil industry parts or, or uh, wind industry parts or, or jet parts, whatever. Um, you have to be careful of that sort of thing. Anyway, again, when the word easy is is not something that a website should be so when i hear a commercial that says building your website is easy it's not and it shouldn't be if it is you're not going to get what you pay for so the way i see it uh based on the fact that we've been doing this 20 years and uh it appears as though that uh seo and ppc and all of the rest of what you've been talking about seems to be a form of drug addiction you never, you never get to the end. You're hooked for life. You just keep on paying. You keep on changing. Google keeps changing. And uh, what happens if I don't keep up with the changes? And what if I don't keep feeding money into the, uh, into the kitty? One word answer. Nothing will happen. Your phones won't ring, won't get any emails, no inquiries. You have to tend your uh, online SEO the same way you would a garden. You got to feed and water it. You got to go in there and update. Uh, there is no such thing as a business that doesn't change. Even the, the, the business of manufacturing ballpoint pens, it changes every day. There's always something new in there. Uh, when you get into the manufacturing sectors, there is so much going on, whether it's, you know, the price of a particular material or a forging method or or some sort of international event uh, in, the, in the forging community. Uh, something is always changing. So you need to always be out there looking. Now, it doesn't mean you have to dump a ton of money every month into your website. And, oh, my God, I got to redo this. I got to redo that. Uh, because then it, 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 it gets to the tipping point where you're dumping so much money into this thing and how much are you really getting out of it. Um, that's why it's important to measure your results use something like Google Analytics. Again, stop by uh, manufacturingtalkradio.com tomorrow. Pick up some links for that. But there has to be some degree of maintenance. Now, whether you have a person in-house or you have a maintenance contract with your SEO firm, uh, you have to keep things fresh and keep churning things because Google will look at your content constantly. And if they don't see changes, 
it starts to wilt. You start to slide down in the search results and, and go away. When they see something that's being tended to and it's got fresh original content and it's being updated and they see you using social media like Facebook and Twitter and that kind of thing, even though you know you might think I'm a manufacturer, I don't need Facebook or Twitter. You do because Google looks at it. That it that Google looks at an overall web presence. Okay, and if you just have this tiny little website there, uh, and and you got nothing else, they take that into consideration. Well, that's some great information, Craig. And we're going to take a uh, a break here. And when we come back, uh, Craig will talk to us about uh, some email marketing, some social media stuff. Uh, we look forward to getting that information out to our listeners. So let's take a, a quick commercial break and come back and speak with uh, further with Mr. Craig Rovere on Manufacturing Talk Radio. Well, we talk about the need to constantly keep updated, and that's what the folks at All Metals and Forge Group are constantly doing. They're an ISO 9001 and AS9100 registered company. They still provide manufacturing and industrial companies with quick price and delivery quotes and clean quality forgings for all your parts, from aircraft engines to gear blanks and downhole shafts, hubs or subs, you name it, they can do it. That's because they're always staying on top of the latest state-of-the-art stuff, like this SEO things that we're talking about here. So, if you want to know more about the best place to get any of your parts delivered, just visit SteelForge.com or send us your request for quote. For any open die forgings or seamless rolled rings from 20 pounds to over 80,000 pounds, there's only one source, that's SteelForge.com. When it comes to pioneers in their respective industries, we all know the Apples, Starbucks, and Trader Joe's of the world. In the realm of recruiting, Decision Toolbox is the industry's best-kept secret. With 90% of their business from referrals and repeat customers, for over 20 years, Decision Toolbox's U.S.-based team of recruiters, sourcers, professional writers, quality personnel, and tech support has perfected a Six Sigma approach to talent management. No matter the size of the project, Decision Toolbox delivers incredible results. A cost per hire less than half of what contingency firms charge. With the winning candidate presented in an average of 14 days. All with a 12-month candidate warranty. With results like that, Decision Toolbox won't be a secret for long. Visit us at www.dtoolbox.com for more information. All right, let's head back for our last 10 minutes of even more insights and information about the strange world of SEO. Craig, uh, why don't you give us, a, you know, there's a couple of social media things out there, and, and we have learned, I think I've learned a lot from Lou Weiss and his company, All Metals and Forge Group, the sponsors of our show and, and their SteelForge.com site over the years. They have built up quite an email database that has been invaluable to them. So if you could touch on email a bit for our listeners, I'd love to hear it. Okay. We'll talk a little bit about email real quick. Uh, email marketing is, is one of those things where people, they say to me when I suggest an email marketing campaign, they say, oh, geez, do I really want to send out a bunch of uh, a bunch of spam and fill up somebody's mailbox and all that kind of stuff? But the answer is, is no, you don't want to send out spam. You want to send out good quality information. Now, the same way that search engines are changing every day to adjust uh, to counter spam uh, on the Internet, 
spam filters in major email programs like Outlook and that kind of stuff uh, are updated regularly too to look out for this sort of thing. They're evolving. This this whole thing is a constantly evolving thing. Uh, when it comes to email, there's uh, there's I'm going to hit a few quick topics because I know we're sort of running out of time. The the first thing that you want to do is uh, you want to have the from name in the email uh, be your you know have your website URL in it. You don't want it to be from Steve at AOL.com. Okay, you want to have that consistent so that and with every email, every email that you send, if you're sending a recurring newsletter, or whatever, should always come from the same name. Subject lines, probably no news that the subject line is the most important element in an email because it's what they're going to see. So you want to have something engaging. You want to avoid words like free uh, and Viagra and stuff like that because those <laughs> are actually programmed into uh, the spam filters to uh, to look for those things in there and uh, say, okay, that's spam, throw it in the spam bucket. Uh, eight out of ten people will read headline copy in an email, but uh, only two out of ten will read the rest. So after your from name and subject line, your headline is the most important thing once you're in the body of the email. So make it something engaging. We all do this. We sit down at our email box. If you can make it past hurdle one, which is the click, you get them to open the email. Okay, hurdle two is getting them to read the email. So you got to have a good subject line, okay? Personalization. We've all seen this where it says, dear Subject name or dear person name, and, and there's been a malfunction uh, on the uh, the autofill where it's supposed to fill in your name and, and show personalization. This is a tricky step because I, it, it's a good idea to do it, but it sucks when it fails because it instantly depersonalizes the email. You're like, okay, this came from a robot. This wasn't generated from a person. If you can, try to personalize it. Dear such and such. Images. Uh, not only uh, do images make your email a little bit more appealing, they do a great job of breaking up the text. Follow the 80-20 rule, 80% copy, 20% images. Don't put any really valuable, important copy in the images. Spam bots or uh, spam filters can't read that. Search engines can't read that. Uh, and you always want to have links in your images. We all click on the images in the emails. So every image should link back to your website. Very important. Use alt text on there. Make sure that if the images doesn't load, like if you have uh, Outlook, sometimes it'll it'll not load the images because that's a good way for malware to sneak into your computer so it won't load any of the images or maybe something inappropriate. Make sure that there's something called alt text, and that'll be the words that'll appear if the image doesn't load. That way at least you get part of your message across. And uh, last but not least is the call to action. If you can get someone to open your email, load it, read it, get to the bottom part, have a call to action with a link. Okay, click here for more information. Call this number. Log in now. Find out more. Call to action is always the end. You lead them down the path. You got to give them somewhere to go at the end. So, key point: call to action at the end. Great. Uh, I know one of the things that has come up recently as we begin to wrap up our show, and we may not have time for it. So, we may have to have you back, Craig, on another show because we've just got a couple of minutes left here. Maybe you could touch briefly on the burning question in the small and middle market enterprise. What do I need Facebook for? It's for kids to communicate. What's the deal here? 
Exactly. Facebook is for kids to uh, show each other what they had for lunch and, and what they're wearing. And, and Twitter, uh, same thing. Uh, not true. Uh, recently, not too recently, Google has started taking a look at your presence in social media. Do you have a Facebook page? This adds a check in the legitimacy column. Okay, and then it looks at some of the content on that. Do you have an active Twitter account? How many followers? All of these things go into consideration there over at Google. They look at all of this. It's a big picture now. As uh, as Hummingbird uh, goes out there, it looks at the web as a whole and as a person would see it. Okay, they're doing all the research for you. That's the idea is they want to do all the research for you. So it's important to have these things as much as you might feel like, okay, my, you know, my manufacturing facility does not need a Facebook account. You do. You don't need to spend a ton of money. It's a free thing. Free Facebook is always free. And you don't, but you do need to have somebody manage it. You have to update it again. If it's stale, it'll hurt you. So if you don't have somebody that's tasked to update these things regularly, you're better off not doing it until you can. But it's definitely a good idea to have. And we can talk more about that on the next show in two weeks. Yeah, I'll be glad to have you come back. I know, Lou, you've been uh, uh, updating your site. You've got a Facebook page, and you're being, beginning to load uh, uh, videos. Uh, you're, you're really on the cutting edge and, and have been for quite some time, which is why we're always excited to have you as our sponsor on Manufacturing Talk Radio. Well, Manufacturing Talk Radio in itself is, uh, was also a step towards our uh, social media and uh, getting our name out to uh, to our public, uh, giving them good information, uh, good advice, and so on. Uh, our listenership is uh, really growing leaps and bounds. We've been doing this now since October, uh, and I believe uh, that we are talking about perhaps doing this on uh, starting in April as a weekly show, and. Uh, it's, uh, we're all very excited about that. Uh, I don't know where we're getting all the time to do that, but uh, uh, that's your problem, not mine. All I have to do is sponsor it. Um, I think that we are just about uh, running out of time, and I do want to mention, uh, as I do at the end of uh, all our shows, that if you haven't seen or, sorry, if you haven't heard the show in its entirety, uh, we do post it on our website, mfgtalkradio.com. And Paul, our engineer, has sworn to the death that it will be <laughs> posted by 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time this evening. Uh, we've also added um, a, a hard copy, a text version of the show, which takes a couple of extra days. So if anybody wants to uh, copy it and uh, you know spread it around and give it to your friends and your mother and your father, you know, be my guest. Uh, Tim, back to you. <laughs> okay, and Craig, we really want to thank you for being our guest today. Craig Rovere, president of Rovere Media brought us some great and exciting information and and not enough yet so we're going to have craig back on a future show craig thanks for being with us thanks for having me guys thanks craig and that wraps us up today spectrum talk radio You've been listening to the only show that takes a look at the obstacles and opportunities open to small to mid-sized enterprises to manufacture right here in America. Brought to you by All Metals and Forge Group.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.